Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, December 24th. Never depend on your own powers alone. They are inevitably fragile, weak, and inconsistent. But if you place your trust in God, you will find that He readily meets your needs. Ask Him with faith. Don't plead or wheedle with Him. Say rather, this is what I'm trying to accomplish for you. I need your strength and guidance to do it well. I'll do what I can, but you have to do the rest. Don't be afraid that you might offend him by your presumption. Why should he mind? If your desire is to please him, how can he not approve? Before beginning many a job that I later completed successfully, I've said to him, I can't do this on my own, but you can do anything. So come along now, help me. One of the things that Swamiji and Master teach us are to have this, have, have a, what you have to call is an intimate, friendly relationship with God. And it's, it's very important to, to, I want to use the word demystify uh, the divine. We just need to make the divine someone with whom we can relate as easily, in fact, more easily, that we can relate the person who's closest to us. To us. There's a story told about... Uh, Lord Vishnu and his companion angel Narada, and they were sent out by the Lord to find the most wonderful devotees that there were in, uh, in all of creation. And it's a long story, and I'm not going to tell all of it. But part of it was that there was some old sort of drunken guy, and he was trying to put, he was digging post holes and trying to plant posts in the holes he dug. And because he was inebriated, he was having trouble putting the posts in. And during the whole time he was doing it, he was calling on God and talking to God and reprimanding the Lord for not helping him get the post holes in. And the uh, angel Narada, when he was reporting back to Vishnu, just kind of uh, mentioned him, but only in passing as a joke. And the Lord said, oh yes, I know that fellow really well. And the contrast in the story was that Narada reported to him what he thought was the most important devotee was this very pretentious, strong man who was always sort of acting, you know, in just the way that you would expect a spiritual person to act. But the Lord read it very differently. You know, one was really proud and egoic in his so-called devotion, and the other was like a little child with his mother. And what the Lord heard and felt was the little child with his mother. Now, we talk about God as Divine Mother a great deal. One of the, one of the innovations, let me see, the progressions, I would call it, of spiritual understanding that Paramahansa Yogananda brought when he came to America in 1920 and wrote Autobiography of a Yogi, and everything that we're doing is an extension of that, was to bring us into an intimate relationship with the mother aspect of God. Now, please don't misunderstand me. And even though I'm a female sitting here, I'm not like an advocate for the female point of view. In fact, I hold myself quite back for th- from that. I'm quite the advocate for truth, for fairness and truth. 
and and there's you know many things to be said that are positive for the female point of view but i'm no more chauvinistic in favor of that than i am of any other but the feminine expression of the divine is a is a metaphysical truth it's not about politics between women and men it's not about social conditions between women and men it's a divine reality god is the comforter that's how jesus spoke of it jesus did not speak of the female uh, per se but he spoke of the comforter which is the feminine aspect men and women are not the point it's the yin yang balance of the universe and the yin is the 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 female side of it jesus didn't speak of the female specifically because he progressed judaism from the judge to the father which was a huge step from that one which is measuring weighing and measuring and finding you inadequate which was the judge the harsh judge to the father who wants to give his full inheritance to the son and will never deny his own flesh and blood but to move it to the mother was a little too far and that's what's been offered to to master because this is a higher age this is a time of balance this is when feminine and masculine in society are coming together which is why there is this you know push for the female point of view it's a cosmic response it's a cosmically inspired response but the point is balance not dominance on one side or the other and we've been pushed too far to a masculine achievement oriented understanding of life we need to come into a yin yang balance so master talks about talked a lot about the feminine in one of his marvelous uh gender confusions he said pray to god as the mother he can't resist you when you pray to him that way the masculine is the force of spirit beyond creation the feminine is the force of spirit within creation the holy ghost is what jesus called it so with all of that think and whether or not you actually had this experience in your life or can only imagine it think about the most ideal intimacy that you can think of between a child and its mother. You know there's just so many beautiful portraits of well of the virgin Mary and Jesus, but endless portraits of mothers and their and their children and the intimacy even starting with carrying the baby under their heart inside their own body, holding the baby to the breast and feeding the baby from the fullness of the, the female life force. I mean, how much more intimate can we be than that? Well that is only a symbol. That's only a symbol of the divine reality. This it's the most fascinating thing to contemplate when Swami Ji said that. He said, you know, everything in this world is is there as a symbol of the divine truth behind it. So that that extraordinary sweetness between mother and child is there as a doorway for us to understand what our relationship with divine mother can be. and with and with the divine father and with the guru and with god is our friend which is also a a bhav which is a spiritual way, a spiritual attitude to relate to god we we get to choose among all these different ways because everyone is different some some thrive on the the disciple to his master some on the the child to its mother some on the child to its father some on the impersonal um uh, individual spirit to the divine light we all have a different bhav a different attitude but the one thing that should unify us 
is fearless intimacy. Just, just imagine having a relationship that is so close that there is not within you an ounce of concern that you will ever be misunderstood or mistreated. I mean, just, just even try to think about what that would be like. You know, in human life, we're very fortunate to have a few dear friends. And in the context of the spiritual family in which I live in, thanks, thank you, God, I have more than just a few exceedingly dear friends who, who share my entire, my entire reason for living and my understanding of life. And at the same time, there's still always the human element. And we still always have this, you know, this degree of separation. But with God and Guru and Divine Mother, their consciousness is inside of us. It's, it's the mind, the human mind can't quite figure out how to make this work. So we have to use a certain amount of creative imagination. But we're using creative imagination to put ourselves in tune with something that is actually there. And this is, this is a great difference between true spiritual practice and just mere subconscious wanderings. Sometimes we just let our minds, the subconscious mind, wander. We visualize the beach. We visualize the white unicorn coming down the beach. We climb on the back of the white unicorn, which suddenly turns into Pegasus, and then we're flying over the ocean. And I mean, such things are marvelous. I have a marvelous imagination, and I love to just spin stories. And whenever I talk to children, I start some story. A, 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 a girl who used, a little girl who used to live here. I mean, she's now a full-grown woman, of course. But when she was five or six, and I would sometimes take care of her, she had freckles. And when I put her to sleep, I explained to her that one of her freckles was actually the freckle factory, in which all the other freckles were manufactured. And we sort of looked over her body to try to figure out where the freckle factory was located, and that all her freckles emanated from there. So, and while she was sleeping the little workers in the freckle factory would deliver the freckles to other parts of her body. <laughs> and she knew that probably wasn't true, but there was a little piece of her that wasn't sure. I mean, it's fun. But with all due respect, I don't think any of those freckles are really the manufacturing place. I don't think any small freckles carried the big freckles out or anything like that. But Divine Mother is not a myth. Divine Mother is not our imagination. She is a very subtle, far more powerful reality than this whole world that we're paying attention to all the time. But we're not vibrating on her wavelength. So what we have to do is we use, we use a, a combination of faith and imagination. To, imagination is, I think what I mean more is like visualization. Where we, we, we feel it in our hearts. And then we try to project that energy into a stronger picture. And what that does is it attunes us. So we start out as an affirmation or a visualization, but then that visualization meets reality, and the reality lifts us out of our own way of thinking into another, another truth. And so that's the relationship that we need to have. And that's what Swamiji is saying here. Never depend on your own powers, because our powers are very slight and very unreliable. But we are part of the infinite. We are meant to be. We're not meant to be just straining to make things happen out of our own egos. We are in alignment with a far greater reality. And the more we, we 
have faith in that and open ourselves to that, the more that truth just flows through us. I've been both amused and repelled is actually almost the only word I can use when I see sometimes some um, uh, cinematic depictions of Jesus and other great masters, especially Jesus, when they show Jesus doing a miracle and he'll like heal, heal someone who's ill or you know, fix the blind or whatever it is he does. And I've seen some depictions where when Jesus is healing the blind, you see him, he gets tenser and tenser and he sort of, you can see all this sweat breaking out on his head as he works hard to heal the blind. And then the blind is suddenly healed and Jesus is like panting as if he's run a marathon or something like that. It's a complete misunderstanding of how that happens. Swami Kriyananda, you know, has, has talked about the way that it was with Master when he worked miracles. And on occasion, Master did actually bring people back from the dead and heal people in miraculous ways. The way Swami describes it is it it was done almost casually. There was no strain involved because it was, is, exactly the opposite of strain. Strain is when we're trying to squeeze it out of our littleness. A, A real attuned flow of energy is a complete relaxation of our separateness and allowing ourselves, allowing ourselves to move in that greater stream. And that's how Swami would describe it. Once um, the, our publisher really wanted him to write a book about the community, um, just before some big celebration of a community anniversary, and Swami had already been working very hard for many weeks, and there was only he had five days in which to do that project. And he just said, I just can't do it. I can't possibly write a book like that in five days. It just can't be done. And then it just crossed his mind, just as he said there. Oh, yes, of course, I can't, but God can. And he just sat down and wrote this book, and the book was called Cities of Light. It's still in publication. It's an absolutely beautiful poetic story about the potential of spiritual communities. And Swami said he he hardly even had to edit it, which was very unusual for him. But it was, it was a good reminder. And sometimes Swamiji would sit and he would just make a long list of all he'd done in the last weeks or months since the last time we were all together. And far from being a sort of egoic celebration, he would present it to it to show us it's just the opposite. You know, God wants us to work with him. It's like our, our egos are like a little diving bell in the bottom of the ocean and you have to work so hard to keep that ocean at bay, to hold ourselves separate. And once we are willing to just let that go and work in cooperation with, Divine Mother is delighted. Mother is delighted when you come to her and say, can you help me? Oh yes, I've been wanting to help you. But if you don't open to my help, I can't. But just ask, how can there be presumption when there is the intimacy, the the closest intimacy that we can imagine? So that's what Swamiji is asking us to tune into and to try. Never depend on your own powers alone. They are inevitably fragile, weak, and inconsistent. But if you place your trust in God, you will find that He readily meets your needs. Ask Him with faith. Don't plead or wheedle with Him. Say rather, this is what I am trying to accomplish for you. I need your strength and guidance to do it well. I'll do what I can, but you have to do the rest. 
Don't be afraid that you might offend him by your presumption. Why should he mind? If your desire is to please him, how can he not approve? Before beginning many a job that I later completed successfully, I've said to him, I can't do this on my own, but you can do anything. So come along now, help me. God bless you, my friend. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.